Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. You are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here breaking down week seven in the NFL with my buddy Rich Hill, starting with tonight's game. Should be another massive barn burner. Thursday night football is always such a joy to watch. Saints, Cardinals, lots of other wild matchups in the National Football League. Of course, the Patriots taking on the Bears at home on Monday night. Excited to break down that one and all other things football with you, my good buddy Rich Hill. How are you, man? I am doing well. I'm doing well. I feel like my outlook on the entire season has shifted, both from uh, how are the Patriots doing, but also from like how I'm going to appreciate everything else that's going on around the league. Uh, I'm going to just look at everything with a little bit more of a cheery view. Uh, Alec, how are you doing this fine October? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, or as great as one can be. It is a beautiful fall morning where I am, and I'm excited to talk about this slate of games The Patriots are the last team to play this week, so we can take some time to go around the league as we always do. I'm guessing, Rich, when you talk about your kind of more rosy, optimistic view of the NFL as a whole, you're looking at this week's schedule with the best teams all on by, save the Chiefs, and are able just to appreciate that everyone kind of sucks this year, and that means (laughs) that each game has potential to be really, really exciting, a down-to-the-wire slugfest where the team that makes – the least ridiculous amount of mistakes ends up coming away with a victory. Is that what I can glean from that little comment you made earlier? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think something that may, comes to mind is uh, there was a tweet that went around. I forget who posted it, but it's basically talking about how scoring and fantasy scoring and production is at like its lowest level in the past six years. You know, since, since the emergence of Patrick Mahomes and like the spread of the Andy Reid style offense. And, you know, I think we went through a boom of high-flying passing and scoring and everything like that. But I think defenses have started to catch up a little bit. And so you're starting to see some of the advantages that exist for the offense start to get balanced out a little bit by the defense. And uh, that leads to a little bit of a sloppier game here where some of those teams that were, you know, seemingly unstoppable and like there were used to be, you know, like six to eight offenses that like on any given Sunday, you could expect to put up 30 plus points. Now, I think we're down to the Bills, the Chiefs, and maybe the Eagles. Like, I, I think that even the Chiefs have been limited at times. It's really, honestly, like, if if you told me to put money down, the Bills would be the only offense that I'd be like, yeah, no, I reliably expect them to put up 30 points. I think everyone else has that up and down and will make mistakes. 
And I think that the making of mistakes means that you get more competitive games. Uh, and I, I think the reframing that I'm talking about comes from just a greater appreciation for the defensive schemes and performances, because I think so much of what we do and think about with football is like, the offense was able to do this or the offense wasn't able to do this and not about like the defense made it. So the opposing team couldn't do this. And I think more teams are just, you know, they're playing cover two. And that means that it's taking away a lot of those big plays that the Andy Reid style offenses that went all around the league, including like the, you know, the McVay Shanahan style, like all of that West coast is being a little bit neutralized by the cover two defense spread. And uh, you know, teams are adjusting accordingly and defenses are playing well. I mean, this is something that we've talked about with the Patriots themselves is like, how great has their defense been? And what were our expectations coming into this year? Uh, and, and I think it's fair to say that the Patriots are exceeding expectations on defense, even though like they're, that they weren't viewed with the same scrutiny as the offense was. Absolutely. And if you're a defensive minded person, this is probably a great season for you. If you're a gambler who likes to bet on over unders and spreads, you're probably having a nightmare of a time trying to figure out what's going on here. Luckily, I'm broke, so I can't afford the game. That's <laughs> my problem. Uh, Rich, are there any games in particular you're excited about other than Pat's uh, Bears? Maybe Steelers-Dolphins Sunday night could be good. Uh, the Super Bowl rematch of the Chiefs 49ers. Uh, Jets-Broncos maybe is it? I don't know. There's not really a game that really stands out to me. Is there a game in particular you're going to watch for? No, not at all. I mean, okay. I, I think this is the ideal red zone channel kind of a day. Like, there, there's not a single game here that you're like, Ooh, this is a good matchup. I mean, like no one's waking up to see the one and four Lions on the road against the four and two Cowboys. No one's going to watch the three, two and one Colts against the three and two Titans. Like this is not a week for like high expectations. The sneaky pick for best game are the three and three Seahawks on the road against the four and two Chargers. Geno Smith is having a resurgence as the quarterback of the Seahawks. He is arguably playing like the best quarterback in the entire league right now, which is uh, also not, like, I, I, I'm not exaggerating. Like, he, he is playing like he's one of the best in the league. No idea where this came from. He's done it in a way that seems repeatable. He's not doing it just based off of, you know, home run hit here and there that, like, he maybe will fade off a little bit. He's been accurate. He's been cool under pressure. He's been throwing on the move. He's basically playing to all of his strengths. And he'll be up against Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Um, if Herbert, I think if Herbert's actually, like, up in the air due to his, his rhythm and stuff like that. But we'll, we'll see if he's able to go. But that is the game that I would watch for that has the potential to be one of the more exciting games. Yeah, it should. And as we've learned this past season so far, even the games that look horrible on paper end up being the most exciting ones. The Giants are somehow only a one-loss team. The Jaguars could put up like 50 points, apparently. Colts-Titans could be really good. Uh, maybe Packers-Commanders. I don't know. I don't know anything. I never have. I never <laughs> will. But that's okay. I am, however fairly confident that the Patriots, if they play their game well, should be able to handle the Bears fairly easily on Monday night, 8-15. They're at home. Uh, it could be Bailey Zappi's first primetime game in terms of the starts, who's going to start, who's not. So that is a factor. But looking at this Bears roster, Rich Hill, I don't know if you want to start with the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball. There just isn't a whole lot of talent on this roster on the Bears top to bottom. No, not at all. Uh, this is a team relatively devoid of talent. They're, they're ranked 31st on offense for a reason. Uh, Justin Fields has not been playing up to his potential, but also like, it's hard to blame him. I mean, you think of what Tua had to go through with the Dolphins over his first two years with like having no offensive line, having just a revolving door of players at wide receiver. Like 
Justin Fields is going through a worse situation. <laughs> like his number one receiver, Darnell Mooney, playing well, thousand yard receiver last year. Like that's fine. There's literally no one else on offense that is even worth considering. The offensive line, one of the worst in the entire league. Uh, you you think of on the defense side of the wall, they have like individual players that like I like. Like I like Jaquan Brisker. He's a good safety coming out last year out of Penn State. He's like pretty good. He's their like one of their leading tacklers. Uh, in the defensive backfield, Eddie Jackson, one of the best safeties, Roquan Smith, their leader in tackles. Like they have good individual players, um, but none of it comes together. They're, they're, this is just a team for having, for being led by a defensive minded coach and Matt Eberflus, who was uh, the defensive coach that Josh McDaniels handpicked when he was going to go to the Colts uh, for a defensive minded coach to have such a, a questionable uh performance on defense with all of the talent that they have like it's a middling defense that's something that like should be what their calling card is in the true chicago defense fashion uh to compensate for the weaker offense and it's just not happening yeah okay so let's talk about this i think this might be the kind of game where if it was maybe the stakes were higher if they were a better team maybe mac jones is healthy enough to start this seems like a no-brainer to get get Bailey Zappi in there. I'd give him at least one more start before Mac Jones comes back at full strength. If they keep holding him out till after the bye, I wouldn't be overly surprised with the Patriots are playing now and the softness of their schedule. But if you are Coach Belichick and you're going up against this weaker Bears offense, I mean, I am personally of the opinion, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't know why they would deviate from their Cleveland Brown strategy of a yep. lot of runs, some chips at the line high percentage passes, maybe a couple of deep shots, keep the defense honest, get Tyquan Thornton more involved. I would just basically dust off the Cleveland Browns playbook, insert it right into the Bears play plan going forward, and just run it down their throat with Stevenson and score points at will, hopefully, and the defense do their job. Is that a ridiculous thing? <laughs> no, I, I think that this is a pretty cut and dry uh, game plan for the Patriots. And I, you mentioned this before the podcast, so I don't want to steal your thunder, but like, you can tell how imbalanced the matchup is by how much Bill Belichick sings the praises of their team or of their opponent prior to the game. And Belichick had his press conference that was seven and a half minutes before receiving a single question talking about how good this Bears team is. And there is just an absolute inverse relationship between the amount of time he talks and the actual quality of the opponent. Uh, because, okay, uh, the Bears, let's start with their uh, with them on defense. Uh, they are the, they rank 29th against the run. They are one of the worst running defenses uh, for context. The Browns rank 31st and the Lions rank 32nd. So if, if for what you're saying, this is a huge Ramondre day, no need to deviate from it. This is not like, if you're looking at what the strength is of this Bears team, it is their secondary. Um, but like you can run at them pretty successfully. <laughs> like it, that, That's basically how you keep the ball away from them. Um, they don't have a stout defensive front. Like uh, that's just the way it is. They have ta- like linebackers that make up a lot of tackles, but they're not great tackles. They're, they're deeper down the field. They're, they're cleanup tackles as opposed to like proactive tackles. And so if I'm the Patriots, definitely known to use to change their, their game plan that they had against the Browns uh, just because, you know, the running worked well. Um, and then, you know, fortunately for them, uh, the the Browns uh, and the or you know the Bears passing defense is a little bit better than the Browns are, but like not notably so. And so there's no reason why I would uh, you know call roughly the same style offense that you did against the Browns. I would as well. But that's something I ask you this, Rich Hill. 
They can't just run it. Every, this isn't going to be a Buffalo Bills Monday night game. It's not going to be a three-pass day from Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones, whoever's up there. Again, I still say it's Zappi. There is going to be some passing going on. If you mm-hmm. had to single out one receiver on the Patriots to have the biggest day, who are you going with? Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, Devontae Parker had a big day. Like, if he wound up with a couple scores, I would not be surprised. Like, you look at the, this Bears defense, they are either really young at the the cornerback position so like kyler gordon is a rookie uh he's getting a lot of starts uh kindle uh vildor is the other uh starting cornerback and like they're not very good but they're both like 25 or under jalen jones is like the slot guy he's coming on like they're all 25 or younger the strength is in the safety position so jaquan brisker and eddie jackson so i wouldn't expect it to be a big hunter henry day or, or uh johnny smith game um but I would expect the Patriots to be able to target the players on the outside. Like if Jacoby Myers goes for a hundred, I wouldn't be shocked. I don't think that this will be a big uh, deep pass day. Cause obviously the Patriots aren't doing that uh, with Bailey Zappi. We can talk about whether we should go with Zappi or Jones this week. But I, I think that like, it, it'll be either Jacoby Myers or Devonte Parker. Like I, Kendrick Bourne's dealing with his toe injury. Uh, so we, we're not sure what his status will be like. Tyquan Thornton would be that number three and maybe they'll design some plays to get him the ball in the open field. And like, maybe he'll have some production, but I think the most reliable expectation is that, you know, the Jacoby Myers of the world will be able to just, you know, go 10 for 120 over the course of the day. Oh, that'd be great. I'd love to see that. Again, I think this is going to be a great time for the play action. If you watch the all 22 of the Browns game, uh, Bailey Zappi reaction was very effective in the play action, mainly because obviously the run game was working and you have to respect that. Uh, I like to kind of get, we're just going to wash and rinse repeat in this one, which is why I'm going to go out on a limb, not really a limb, but I'm going to make a kind of odd X factor prediction and pick either Pierre Strong or Kevin Harris mm. as my next factor. Uh, I'm not sure which one of those two will get the the carries other than Ramondre Stevenson. Obviously, he's your bell cow back, Stevenson. I think Harris, maybe you want to leave him out one more week. It's kind of tough with the Monday night game, what the injury report's going to be. We don't know exactly who's healthy and who's not. But I think Kevin Harris or Pierre Strong will have a nice kind of change of pace back day uh, against the Bears. I think Ramondre's get the bulk of the carries, but maybe if it's a third down scenario or maybe if it's one of those things where they want to lift, mix up the offensive looks, they think that they're out there with Stevenson. They're running in. They're out there with with Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris. They're passing it, even though Stevenson is better in blitz pickup. I feel like one of those two guys can bring a different wrinkle to this offensive scheme that, that Stevenson maybe doesn't in terms of the game tape that's already on him. And until Ty Montgomery comes back, whenever that is, there needs to be that second back that emerges as kind of a change of pace, different look back. And one of those two hopefully has a couple of uh, big carries and a touchdown. I like that. I appreciate that. I mean, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the, you can't give Ramondre hundred percent of the snaps like every single week. So like, I would definitely expect one of the backups to actually get more opportunities than they did last week. Um, especially if the Patriots are in a favorable position against the bears from a scoring standpoint, like no need to run Stevenson into the ground, like preserve him If you're able to build that lead, I expect Stevenson to be like a huge part of why the Patriots get a lead in this game. Um, but I, I think I am going to uh, choose as my X factor uh, a little bit off the beaten path. Matt Patricia uh, cool. is going to be my X factor because uh, he's been doing a very good job. It's very clear that the Patriots offense has been getting better and better. I would say after the loss to the the Ravens, like through that game, I would say that even like we, we talked about this after the, back, the Packers loss is that it felt like, Patricia and the offensive play calling 
felt a little bit more cohesive, like there was an actual strategy as opposed to just like throwing plays out there, like Madam Random play style. And I, I think that we're continuing to see that ongoing growth. And I think something that like really was great against the Browns uh, was the fact that they scored touchdowns. Um, <laughs> the fact that Tyquan Thornton had two scores inside the red zone, that Ramondre Stevenson added another score inside the red zone. The Patriots have had a huge challenge on offense finishing drives. And that has been a multi-year issue since Gronkowski left the team. And the Patriots just haven't figured out how to get a reliable red zone offense. They've been one of the worst under Belichick, uh, like his era. Um, and I feel like there was degrees of creativity with getting Tyquan Thornton the ball in the open field, like on that jet sweep score that like the Browns had no chance of defending. I would, I, those are the types of plays that indicate to me a greater mastery of the offense and something that like you and I have talked about in the past of like the offenses that, you know, like why are the chiefs able to get Travis Kelsey four scores that are all within like the five yard line? Like what are they doing to get their players open? And uh, like when you're that close to the goal line, you just need one player to win their matchup. So design a really good play to get it. And that play with Thornton, was one of the first really good plays inside the the short field that I've seen in a long time. Uh, and it gives me hope that, you know, maybe we'll start seeing some like whip routes from some of the receivers, just like very quickly get them open. And Zappy can like have a one read and just rip it. And I, I think that that's something that uh, the Patriots, in order to beat the Bears comfortably, in order to have like, not allow the Bears to hang around and have something silly happen is that they need to finish their drives early. And that comes down to how is Matt Patricia calling this when they're in the red zone. So what you're saying is rich, in order to be a successful offense, you have to score touchdowns. I think so. I think so. That wow. is my hot take. Interesting. Well, that is, that's why we keep you around rich for analysis. Thank you. Like that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Cause offenses score touchdowns. I love it. No, it's true. <laughs> um, it's funny. I almost picked Taquan Thornton as my X factor because I want to see him getting involved more. I love the looks they're giving him. He got screens. He had a jet sweep. Uh, he's got these little in out routes. Uh, he has yet to make that the go route. I know it's going to happen eventually. You want to see one deep pass to Taquan Thornton. I'd love to see that happen this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, they're scoring more points. And uh, I do think that the the emergence of Smith and Henry uh, against the, the Browns definitely helped that because it makes an extra weapon. But I do agree it's not going to be a huge game for them on the receiving side. They'll be staying more to block and just let uh Bailey do his thing with the receivers and Stevenson and again the good news is I don't think it'll be that much of an issue because flipping the defensive side of the ball in terms of the Patriots defense versus the Bears offense this is a pretty big mismatch uh I know that that the quarterback Justin Fields is a decent player I think he's got um a high upside he's athletic he he's capable of making good plays but they really don't have a whole lot of offensive weapons in the passing game and the running game is decent but not great and so I feel like hat on a hat again, this is a big advantage for Patriots defense. Yeah, totally. And I, like, I, I will say, I think that their running game is very good. Like that is definitely something I think that the addition of, or like the presence of Justin Fields gives them the Baltimore Ravens-esque style of stress on the opposing team. Uh, Cause Fields is one of the best running quarterbacks in the entire league. Uh, you know, 282 rushing yards already. He's averaging 47 rushing yards a game. That's nothing to sniff at. Uh, and then, like, part of Bill Belichick's soliloquy is that, you know, there's not a big difference between the Bears and the Browns uh, over the course of this year. Like, the, the Browns are only averaging, like, a yard and a half more per game. They, they rank one and two in, in yards on the ground. They both are averaging 5.2 yards per carry. Uh, they, you know, they both rely on it roughly similarly. 
the the big challenge comes from the fact that uh, there's not a complimentary passing attack. Like even with the Browns, like at least they try <laughs> to throw the ball. <laughs> at least it's like kind of there. The Bears have 737 passing yards on the year, which is dead last. That's more than 140 yards less than the Titans, who have played one fewer game. Uh, they 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 are not throwing the ball at all. Uh, and when they do throw it, they're wildly ineffective because. Uh, Darnell Mooney is their only wide receiver who is a great player, uh, given like the circumstances that he's playing under, uh, he had over a thousand receiving yards last year. Um, and he's like continuing to get better and better. Uh, he has, you know, sub four, four speed. He would be the ideal matchup for someone like Jonathan Jones. If Jonathan Jones is available to go, you know, he's been battling that injury, uh, outside of Darnell Mooney. There isn't anyone. (laughs) That's not an exaggeration. They have someone like Dante Pettis came over. He's played six games. Uh, He had one catch for 51 yards. And other than that, he's had like four catches for 80 yards. Like this is not a team that has options. There's only, uh, you know, Darnell Mooney is the only player to average more than like two catches a game which is a very low bar. Uh, David Montgomery is their receiving back and he has two catches per game. He has 10 catches for 113 yards because he only played five games. Um, This is not a threat of a passing attack. And to what your point was at the beginning, the Patriots just absolutely just copy what they did against the Browns. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Yeah, I completely agree with that, which is why I'm going to keep uh, my X-Factor along the defensive line and go with Devon Godshaw mm-hmm. and, and Christian Barmore if he can go. He probably, I'd like to see him sit one more week just to be safe. Like, I don't think they need him in this game. Maybe Lawrence Guy comes back. Any kind of combination of the interior line. If I have two X-Factors on the offensive side, I'll go with two on the uh, inside, on the defensive side of the ball. The interior linemen, one reason they were really successful in winning Nick Chubb the way they did was because they completely clogged the middle and they forced mm-hmm. him to go east and west before he went north and south. And you can never make that one cut up field because there was Matthew Judon, Dietrich Wise waiting there for him and Kyle Duggar. So I like to see them duplicate that. Uh, you can also go with a, you know, a an Adrian Phillips kind of X factor for me, because I think seeing that robber spiral on Jalen, not Jalen, excuse me, uh, Justin Fields is going to be really important, but if they can clog the middle and force the run to the outside, it could be a long day for the bears offense. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I'm actually going to go with the, the cleanup crew. So definitely the defensive front needs to have a good day. I think Godshaw had one of his best games as a Patriot. 
Uh, and also so did Carl Davis. I liked him in the rotation. Um, but I'm going to go with the, the safety crew. Uh, I think Kyle Duggar is going to be my X factor because uh, he is the best player on this defense in my mind. Uh, I think he has continued to grow this year and like, it's a tough competition. It's not like head and shoulders thing. Like I would say between or amongst him and Matthew Judon, uh, I don't know if I'd put anyone else on, on the same tier as them. Like, I, I think that Duggar is like a pro bowl caliber safety. And he is part of the reason why Nick Chubb and the Browns never got going last week. And the Patriots played a lot of three safeties against the, the Browns, but also played like a fair bit of uh, like nickel. So they played like dime package a lot, uh, which is a little bit surprising, you know, like, but they, they also tried to keep it uh, a little bit muddled in the middle. So they had Jonathan Jones, Miles Bryant, and Jalen Mills playing a lot in addition to Duggar, Adrian Phillips, and McCourty. I think Phillips is going to be in crucial with kind of the spiral and making sure that Justin Fields doesn't escape. But I think that Duggar is also going to play a pretty crucial role in making sure that, uh, you know, whichever running back is on the field, whether it's Khalil Herbert or, or David Montgomery, uh, that they don't get yards out there in the open field. And if, if Duggar is able to have a repeat performance of what he did against the Browns, the Patriots win this one in a blowout. I hope it's a blowout, Rich Hill. I like these games where it's kind of over by the midway through the fourth quarter, and mm-hmm. it's kind of, I can just kind of relax. Uh, I guess the only real question, though, is let's just say it is a blowout, hypothetically, and they do what they usually do, and the Patriots sit their starting quarterback and let the backup come in, clean up duty. Uh, who's the backup quarterback? Is it Mac Jones? Is it Bailey Zappi? Is it Gilbert? What's his name? What's <laughs> it, who's going to be the, the quarterback in clean up duty if it gets to that point? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you put in Garrett Gilbert. Because uh, he'll be activated. Like, why not? If, if you're, if the game is away and the Patriots are up by like three or four scores in the fourth quarter, absolutely give Garrett Gilbert a shot. Like, there's no need not to. Uh, I, I'm fully on the let Matt rest rest train. Like, there's no need to bring him back on this one. Like, bring him back for the Jets next week if if you want to. Other reports that he's about like at 85, 90 percent ready to go. Uh, let him take some time. He doesn't need to come back. Like this will be his fourth week out. His initial prognoses were anywhere between like four and eight weeks. Like don't rush him back at this point. Let's not re-injure him. Like honestly, if they were just like, you know what, active decision, let's set him out till the bye week. I would be okay with that. Like it's one of those things where uh, I think that you just keep Mac Jones in bubble wrap for at least a little bit longer until he's like a hundred percent. No need to rush him back. Brian Hoyer, no need to rush him back. Although, you know, based off, like, I, I think that, you know, Garrett Gilbert, whenever you sign a player mid-season that isn't really going to stick around for that long of a time, if you have an opportunity to give him some snaps, give him some tape, go for it. No, I'm with you. I, I just also love the name Garrett Gilbert. That's a Hall of Fame name right there. I wish he was like a defensive lineman. Because I feel like a defensive lineman and Garrett Gilbert would be one of the best in the league because I'm a big football name guy. That's why I like Teddy Bruschi so much. Uh, we'll see what happens. Again, I do think... uh that Bailey Zappi gets a start. I'm with you. No need to rush Mac Jones out here. There is always that factor. You know, he's a rookie. Is the Monday night atmosphere going to be too much for him? But it's a home game, so that should definitely mitigate that. Should be a pretty easy day, Rich Hill, uh, unless you want to break anything else down. Let's get the predictions. Yeah, no, let's go to predictions. Also, I completely forgot. Hoyer's been on the IR for like two weeks. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not even an option. Nope, it's not a Hoyer. Again, I don't, I don't, I can't see Hoyer coming back, even if he was at this point, because Bailey Zappi has shown he's definitely a competent backup. All right, Jitch, you have the hammer this week. Uh, the Patriots are hosting the Bears Monday night. We both seem pretty confident the Patriots win. So unless you're going to give me a total curveball here, I'm guessing you're picking the Pats. But the question is by how much? 
Yeah, I'm going with the Patriots winning this one 34 to, to 13. Um, pretty comfortably. I, I think that maybe the it'll be at a point where the Bears have played like a little bit better in the fourth quarter, but like they're in a situation where they have to go for it on fourth down. So like it's not as big of a blowout that it like the final score might represent, but like it will still be pretty comfortable. I just don't see this Bears team being able to keep pace with the Patriots. I don't think the Patriots will shut them out or like they did against the Lions at home. Um, and I don't see that the Patriots, you know, forcing four turnovers like they did against the Browns. But I think that this will be a pretty sustainable uh, offense for the Patriots. And I'm going to put my, uh, you know, big prediction is that the Patriots will not turn the ball over for the first time all year. All right. No turnovers and a 34 to 13 win. I like that. Uh, I'm also going with the Patriots. Uh, this game I think is going to remind me a lot of that Bills Patriots Monday night game from like 2000 and maybe 18, where Devin McCourty had that pick six, the 80 yard pick six late, where it seemed like a lot closer than it was because both teams kind of had trouble scoring early, but it never really seemed in doubt because the offense of the Bills couldn't move the ball. I think Derek Anderson was in for like an injured Josh Allen, this rookie year, something like that. I think the Patriots might struggle early to just get points on the board because for whatever reason they do sometimes, but they blow it open late. And even though it's close for a while, it's never really seems in doubt. And the Patriots win this one, something along the lines of 24 to 10. I like that. Um, I hope I, you know, we're both right. The Patriots win this one comfortably. I would love just to not have to worry about it too much. Um, Well, that's it. That's all I got. Um, I I think that this should be a game that hopefully we'll be breaking down. Like everything that we talked about at the start will likely have played out. Like this is not a good bears team. They are a, uh, they are essentially just a worse version of the the Browns team that the Patriots just faced. And like, I, I think that the Patriots will be able to win this one pretty comfortably. And this will be a big focus game for the Patriots. That said, I hope that they're not approaching it like a trap game. It's very clear that Belichick wants them to stay focused. You can't look past uh, this type of a game with the Jets the following week. Like I could see them, like obviously Belichick's teams rarely look forward, but like I could see that being an idea. And so keeping focus on the Bears if the Patriots play and aren't distracted, they, I, I see no reason why they wouldn't win this. I'm with you, buddy. Just to kind of give you a little bit of warning, and we break this game down on Tuesday, I'm probably going to be pretty tired and possibly a little uh, dehydrated. So I'm going to be relying on you to do most of the work. So prepare yourself for that. <laughs> All right. Well, will do. And until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See ya. Later.